This is Cambridge Judge Business School's online knowledge centre with expert commentary, analysis and insights into the issues of the day. The United Nations Environment Programme, UNEP, is calling for a special report into the impact of emissions caused by greenhouse gases as the permafrost melts. Cambridge Judge Business School's Dr Chris Hope backs UNEP's recommendation and says that study should be turned round as quickly as possible. The short report, Policy Implications of Warming Permafrost, contains estimates of the possible economic impacts on Arctic communities amounting to between $3 and $6 billion. However, it does not look at the wider global impact. As a climate change policy researcher, Dr Hope has been able to use UNEP's figures to model potential economic impacts of climate change. Although it's recognised that these effects will run into tens of trillions of dollars, the estimates themselves are likely to be on the low side. Here's his view of the report and its recommendations. It's a very important issue. As the globe warms, then the Arctic looks as though it'll warm more than most other places, and then we get the releases of extra greenhouse gases from the permafrost there. Uh, Some is carbon dioxide, a little bit as methane, and these will add to the uh, emissions that we're going to have anyway from burning coal, oil and gas and could lead to quite severe uh, policy implications. So the UNEP report has done a very good job of saying uh, about how much uh, extra greenhouse gas emissions are likely to be, probably 300 million tonnes a year extra at the beginning, up to 2,500 million tonnes a year extra by the end of the century. Are you perhaps concerned that it doesn't actually go into greater detail on the impact of adding so many megatons of greenhouse gases to the atmosphere as that permafrost melts? Well, I wouldn't say I was concerned. I don't think that was their job to do that. I think they've done their job very well, which is to say what the extra emissions of the gases are likely to be. And they didn't really have the models to be able to take that all the way through to say what the uh, impacts of that were likely to be. But we do have the model to be able to do that here at the Judge Business School. And so when we run those extra emissions of the greenhouse gases from permafrost through our model, we see that the temperature rise will probably be maybe a tenth of a degree higher than it otherwise would have been. Um, and that may not sound very much, but you've got to remember that's on top of maybe three and a half or four degrees of temperature rise that we would expect to see anyway from our emissions of greenhouse gases from burning fossil fuels. So it could lead to even more severe damages, it could lead to possibility of very nasty things like uh, uh, melting of uh, Greenland ice sheet or the West Antarctic ice sheet and increase the probability of all that. And we've been able to work with the numbers that UNEP have provided to say if any of those things were to happen then we would expect that the uh, damage from uh, the releases of greenhouse gases from melting permafrost could easily lead to tens of trillions of dollars worth of extra damage. They don't recognise that? Uh, in the UNEP report, they don't calculate that number because they don't have the model that enables them to do that. But that's the nice thing about being linked into this network of scientists and, and researchers around the world is that we can take the, uh, the numbers that they've produced and run them through the models that we have here to calculate things that are really of interest to uh, policymakers. Because they haven't got that, that modelling facility, that ability, does that demean their report in any way, do you feel? No, I don't think so, because they're scientists and what we uh, always have to do is 
try and do the integrated assessment. We have to bring together the things that the scientists do and the uh, work that the economists do, bring that together in the models that we create uh, and say what the overall impacts are. And, and the scientists, it's probably right that they stick to the things that they can do well, which is say what the extra emissions of the gases are likely to be and leave the rest of it to, to the rest of us to calculate. As you say, there's going to be a global impact and, and I just wonder which countries, is it possible to itemise those countries and say these are the ones that are likely to be affected Yes, and it's, it's a very sad situation because uh, you would hope maybe that if there were going to be extra impacts, they would be in the countries that could cope with them best, the, the developed countries, Europe, uh, North America and so on. But it doesn't look as though that's likely to be the case. It looks as though the extra impacts are likely to be at roughly three quarters of them in developing countries in Asia, Africa uh, and uh, Latin America who are, who are much less able to cope with those extra impacts. The report makes several recommendations, including commissioning a special report on permafrost emissions. And it does make the point that, as you've pointed out, greenhouse gas emission targets being negotiated in the International Climate Change Treaty do not account for CO2 and methane emissions from thawing permafrost. And I think that's right, because this is something that it's only fairly recently that we've been able to begin to get a handle on exactly how large these emissions might be. We're still quite uncertain about how, how, how large they would be. And so the next stage, I think, is to work with the authors of the UNEP report, which I am doing, to try and firm up the numbers that come from that report and to make sure that uh, we get the right ratios of carbon dioxide and methane and to be able to double-check the kinds of numbers that we're producing here uh, and then get that put out into the peer-reviewed literature, which can then uh, take notice of it and, and take it forward. Well, I was taking the non-academic stance and saying, well, do we need another special report? Isn't it time for action? Um... I, I think we would need to keep studying this and we should always keep studying it, but I don't think we should postpone action in order to wait several more years for a special report. I think anything that says that the impacts are likely to be tens of trillions of dollars and incidentally the new work that I'm doing with the, with the author of the UNEP report would suggest that if anything that's likely to be an underestimate, the figures that we calculated before. Anything that says it's going to be as, as serious as that would mean that we should be taking some action pretty much straight away. So if it's going to be tens of trillions and multiples of tens of trillions of dollars, where is that money going to come from? Well, that's not money that we have to find. What that is, is it's, it's damage that's caused by the extra emissions. Damage so, is worth nothing. Uh, well, the damage is worth something because what it means is that it's extra health impacts. People are dying from diseases that are now in places where they weren't before. Or it's uh, changes to agriculture. We've seen in the, the US over the last few months the, the terrible drought that they've had and uh, what that's done to their agricultural production. So all these kinds of impacts, they, they are real. Um, what we need to do is find a way of capturing that and saying, well, we should make sure that the people who are causing this, who are emitting these greenhouse gases, uh, at the beginning, people who are burning fossil fuels, should, should pay for that. They should pay for the impacts that they're causing. And probably adding $100 per tonne of CO2 for every tonne emitted is the, is the first step that we should take. Uh, that enables us to do what the economists call internalising the externality, makes the people who are causing the damage pay for the damage, and therefore leads us more rapidly to move to other ways of generating our energy and maybe other ways of moving around. Final point, it needs international agreement before you can move in that direction, though, doesn't it? And that is going to take forever. Uh, it doesn't demand international agreement. Uh, any country that takes these actions on its own, whether it's the US or whether it's a group of countries like Europe, 
it would probably be beneficial to them to do it because what they will be doing is adding to their tax revenues by taxing uh, use of coal or oil or gas and they could then reduce income taxes or sales taxes and their economies would grow faster. So of course in order to tackle the whole climate change problem you would want people all around the world to be doing this but it doesn't mean that countries can't take the first steps on their own. Any country that takes the first step to try and tackle this is likely to do well out of it. Chris Hope, thank you very much. This programme was produced by the Cambridge Judge Business School as part of its online broadcast series.